Welcome to episode 896 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 896 of IM Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks, Bevan. How about yourself? And they shouldn't bike up in the rain? Did not bike up in the rain. Pissing down. Good old, this is that time of the year in Christchurch where we have a beautiful day and then a shit day. Beautiful day, shit day. Well, my theory is we haven't had summer spring yet. We've had a lot of winter spring, mm-hmm. not much summer spring. No. You know? And I'm hoping beautiful, it beautiful running last night. Though. Yeah, it was beautiful yesterday. Mm. Today. It's your weather great. report. Let's get into the show. Okay, let's say thank you to um, our patrons. Steve the Storm Diononis. And then we've got uh, Daniel. You have placed a chill in my heart. Stuart. Sl- the Sledge Master Hughes. This week's show, guys, it's all about Kona. We've got a hot topic of the week. We've got some news. We've got a few interviews. We have. We're talking with uh, Jocelyn McCauley, who finished 10th in Kona. Laura Sedell, who finished 16th, but is always a good uh, chat. And then I thought, we'll get Rob Dallymore on as well. He's uh, You've heard from him before, but he was over there on the sidelines, just to give it a slightly different perspective. And that's pretty much it. Nick, I was going to get some age groupers on today. I'm going to try to do that next week. Those that I was going to get on are all travelling and stuff today. Okay. So maybe maybe have a few age group perspectives next week. Okay, so let's let's break it down. Big race. Um, it's the first year we've done the split race. So it's the first year we have an all-female field for the Ironman World Championships happening in Kona. Uh, it, it kind of played out in probably not the way we expected, but in a pretty cool way. Well, if we say before the race, we had seven athletes that most people were saying, the seven yep. athletes that can win, and six no, of those... Last six, week, no one wanted to pick it. Yeah, but six, uh, six of those athletes finished in the top seven. So the order was perhaps a little bit different to what we expected, um, but in some ways reasonably predictable. Um, so for those, we, we don't want to tell, most of you guys will watch some of the yeah, coverage. Yeah, no, we're so, talking, John. Um, in terms of the conditions, look really good. Um, my interpretation coming out of the swim was Laura Phillip race over just about. She was a long way back in a no man's land, so I was thinking... It's all over for you. And then they started showing clips of her on the bike and she was on her hoods and things like that. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're, you're okay. Some, one of those top seven or one or two of them are always going to blow up yep. and out of the back door. I said, she was the one you were thinking. I'm thinking, Laura Phillip, you're the one that's out. What would you normally swim? Um, it should normally come out probably on the tail end of that um, group. Well, like likes of Anne Haug and people like that should normally be with them. Yep. So I just thought, your history. It's yep. all over. It's your, you're the one who's having Because it's basically day. three minutes back at this stage. Mm. From from the from the main pack, like Lucy Charles Barkley was miles ahead. Yeah, and then so I'm just thinking, oh, we'll see how this pans out. And before the race, I thought it was going to break up uh, quite a bit, and you'd have you know these little groups of three and four, and I thought the runners might have a, a good chance. You know, likes of Anne Haug, Sodaro. You know, all I've got to do, all I've got to do, is keep Lucy Charles within about ten minutes, and then they've yep. got a chance. Um, and yeah, but then the next thing I see, because I was filtering in between watching the rugby I watched about the first two hours and then it was rugby and I was not watch when the rugby was the on rugby was very I'm good not people. a rugby head the rugby I, was very good and I don't watch much rugby these days but it's like 
I'm watching all of this. Yeah, it was, it was one of the greatest games of rugby of all time. So. Yeah, and so I wasn't watching too much. And then I've been back since and just watched bits and pieces. And then I watched a bit of the run. But the, the thing that really stood out to me on the bike, and I think I mentioned this when we interviewed Laura Siddell, they had this um, picture of uh, Else Visser. And she was doing this pass. And I thought she was in the off the back but she'd ridden up with um, Laura Phillip she was doing a pass on the group and it was like she would have been riding like FTP for God knows how long oh really to get past the pick was, it was that just big. like boom there's one there's another one there's another one there's another one it was massive it was like it, it even felt bigger than some of the guys groups we've had before in the past maybe it wasn't but that's what it felt like but she was having to work bloody hard there was no gaps she couldn't sort of cut in she had to go all the way up to the front so um, so you hit the big gap. A couple of people managed to get away. Mm. Um, but I was Barkley was just in front the whole day. She was. And not overly surprising. Um, you know, I think I thought and a lot of other people thought that Taylor Nib would probably ride up to her. Yeah. And she, she was just holding her the whole time. So they were riding the same same sort of effort. But okay, so bike ride. Lucy got ahead. I think Daniela broke away, didn't she? Or she, she broke away at one stage and you're thinking, she's, this could be on. If she, if she can ride up to Nib... This is, and, and if she run like she did in wrote and stuff, yep. then then she's going to be a contender. Um, and she was seen to do that before, but no, normally she just keeps it going. This time, it pit it pit it out, and you're like, "There's no way you're winning this one today." And I was like, oh, "I hope this doesn't turn out like it has in the past, where she just blows up on the yep. run and yeah, because in the ugly. traditionally it's either she's there or she's not. Yeah, you know. And so you think, "No, well, it's all over for you." And then it was just a case of watching the clock and and seeing what was what was going to happen and how big a lead Lucy, uh, Lucy Charles was going to have. And but that yeah. she had a lead, it wasn't, wasn't life changing. But for, for, if you didn't watch the coverage very closely, um, Taylor Nib, uh, she did exceptionally well in terms of managing her race because early on in the ride she lost both her bottles of nutrition oh did she and she's riding along and I'm thinking oh that's not good one thing that I saw that she did do um, she stopped Harvey and got her special needs uh, and like literally she was stopped on the side of the road had two bottles made sure that they were in and then took off so probably okay. lost you know 30 to 60 seconds doing that yep. uh, and then she also had a one minute penalty for unintentional littering which would have been when the bottles came off um, which is, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that that rule there. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so she had a minute penalty to serve as well. But, you know, she had 180 k's of more so or less So does that mean you take two minutes off her time? Mm. Does that mean she rode the same time as Lucy, basically? She was more or less right riding. Time. Yeah, she yeah. basically was riding the same time as Lucy. Yep. So, yes, but I don't think she would have finished two minutes early. Those little one-minute recoveries, I reckon you can get them back when it's five minutes not so much, yep. um, but yeah, she had to ride by this by herself. But the whole coming way. off the bike, like lip, lip, I said last week, she's the unknown, and, mm. and I pretty much predicted what happened. Mm. She'll, she won't be able to hold the run. Mm. I, I'm a genius, genius. Um, but you know, like, and I'm you know, I'm sure lots of people thought of that as well. Was that the newcomer? Even though she's a bloody rock star, she you know, obviously this was a new game that she wasn't up to yet. Yeah, well, she's one of the. Best runners in that field. So and were you thinking she's got it? No, I wasn't thinking she's got it. I think you've got yourself, you've got a chance here. If you run to your potential, you'll run Lucy Charles down. Yep. Um, and yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, mm, probably not going to, yep. but you've got a chance. You know, she's definitely somebody that could run um, yep. mid-250s, low-250s, I would have thought. you know, On the World Triathlon Circuit, 
yeah, she's a fantastic on the bike, but she's a weapon on the run as well. Um, so no, good on her. She she still still did really really well. Um, and it, the race kept you the intrigue going because Anne Haug was what twelve minutes down, I think, coming off the, coming off the bike or something like that. And you're thinking, yeah, it can yeah, be done. You can it can be done. Yep. And if Lucy Charles runs like she normally does, which is a little bit over three hours, yeah. Anne Haug was was going to win. Um, but Lucy Charles, you know. It's cool when somebody has the best possible race and they win. Uh, and, and complete and performance. Like I know yeah. she's not quite the elite runner, hmm. but 40, 49 by a swim, a 432 bike, solo. Hmm. Yeah. Like solo by herself the whole time. And then gets off and runs a sub three in 257. Hmm. Now that's a triathlete. She had the fourth fastest run of the day, so it wasn't yeah. a schmuck run. Yeah. Like... That's yeah. a, it's like when Crowey broke the record that time. Mm. Just complete triathlete performance. So, and I think everybody was happy for her. Oh yeah, <laughs> because it would have been so painful if she'd got second again. You know, this might be her only opportunity. And you know, next year, the runners might come through and just smoke everybody. Yep. Um, so, well, the best on that performance. If she, you know, if she, like, well, it's all pretty close. You know, it, um, well, first and second were close. I suppose third wasn't that close. Yeah, but you know. You know, sometimes you've only got so many of those races in you. Um, she's always going to be a contender. Um, she was a little bit injured as well, wasn't she? Uh, it sounded like, yeah, she's Kelly's had on and off injuries. And one of the things that I pointed out last week was her the season this year has been different because of injuries and stuff. She hasn't done an Ironman. And what I think is you, you do get the odd rarity where somebody has an amazing mid-season race and then still wins Kona, but it's pretty rare and someone like a Jan Fredino, yeah, he's won Germany and he's won Kona before. Traditionally, it never worked, but it has happened a bit more recently. But often those mid-season races, they, they maybe haven't. Well, they haven't. If they haven't had to do a lifetime best performance to win that, then they've been able to back it up. Yep. What I think is that if you have that amazing like mid-season Daniela. performance and wrote like Daniela yep. Reef. Uh, it's pretty hard to turn that around. And you look at someone like Magnus Ditlev, who did that as well. Mm. He, he had an amazing road and was, was uh, off come, come Nice time. So I still think it is pretty hard. And you're going to find exceptions. Someone like Chrissy Willing, she was able to do both. But more often than not, pretty hard to do. So Laura Phillips, so you, you, you'd gone, see you later, alligator. See you later. And yeah. then she rode up to the group and, um, and was aggressive and then got, got away. So fantastic performance. And how run course record 248 is just mental. Yeah. We were doing some reps last night and I was running four minute K pace and I was like, bugger this. You know, doing this for 48, 42 Ks in the heat. At the end of an Ironman. Yeah, no, that was mental. So impressive. She looks great too, doesn't she? She does. And she's not a spring chicken. She's been around for a long time. She's 40 years old now. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. So yeah, it was, it was a really good race. All, you know, all the stars she's so pretty small. much shine. She's 52 kg. She's tiny. Yeah, do you think that helps with the age factor? Um, possibly. One of the interesting things that she said, it's always good now that they put the press conference post-race up. Yep. Um, and one of the things she was pointing out is she really, really struggles to take any carbs now and they've had to change her nutrition completely. Just with ageing? Uh, yeah, well... Yeah, for whatever reason, okay. she's not able to absorb it, and so she's got to go for a lot more protein, um, and that's what's made the difference this year compared to, say, last year where she couldn't hold it together on the run. Um, yeah, but she's had an amazing season. She won the PTO European P- PTO Open, and um, yeah. she won Kona? It's just cool. What I was thinking about this yesterday, I'm more excited about this females race than I am the guys. I think there's more stars in the females racing at the moment in Ironman. Um, yeah. you, it's just like watching this was 
more invigorating than Nice because there were so many contenders, so many stars. And, nice, and we didn't have our best players in Nice. Yeah. You know, um, you didn't have Bloomfield, you didn't have, you know, like all these guys who are rock stars uh, weren't playing the game. Mm. So it was uh, it was really good. And fast times, um, you know, 16 women under nine hours. Conditions were as best they're going to get in Kona by the sounds of it. But overall, really good. So a few of the records, um, run record. Uh, we also had, uh, amazingly, uh, and I looked at this yesterday, yeah. there's only three DNFs on the female side. And I reckon that's probably Do you a mean in the whole record. race? No, in, in, the, in the female pro race. Okay. Uh, and it was also, I'm sure they had the stat here somewhere, 97.23% finisher rate, which is a highest single day finisher rate of any Ironman World Championships in the race history. 97%. That is massive. And go back to Lucy Charles. It's the second time ever in the history of the race that a female has led the race it's, from the very start to the end. It's kind of the first because the first one. Oh well, yeah, yeah, the first one was the only female racing, and okay, well, so it doesn't doesn't, yeah, okay. sort of counts. Yep. But so it it's definitely really. first. Uh, so lots of lots of records. That, um, we also had Charles Barkley is the only age, professional athlete to win as an age grouper. So which she won the, in the twenty eighteen to twenty four when she was younger. And Laurie Bowden. Oh no, Laurie Bowden did it. No, as Laurie well. Bowden's done it. Yep. And then the oldest finisher in the time of sixteen fifty two at seventy one years age was Diane Tracy. So we also had a couple of uh, athletes um, the first ones to complete the race with autism. So Adrian Byrne, she did twelve to forty one and Lisa Bun, oh, yep, and Lisa Cloutier was 12.22. So who was disappointing? Who was disappointing? Um, well, nobody's ever disappointing, but who well, didn't yeah. perform? Um, as I said, there's always going to be one of the favourites, and this time around it was Kat Matthews. Um, she, again, she had an amazing 70.3 race, and she's come back from that horrific um, car incident, a crash. Uh, amazing 70.3 one of possibly one of her lifetime best performances, I imagine, and she wasn't able to turn it around. But she just sounded like she was not well at all. It's not like she was just having a bad day. Like she sounded like she just went from one point to being sweet, and then boom, just had absolutely nothing. Like could hardly even turn the pedals. So, whether for whatever reason, but she was the one who was uh, who was out the back door. There was a few others. Sarah Crowley only finished thirty uh, fifth after being in contention. Vanilla Language was usually um, a bit higher up. Um, but we've got to give a cheer for our Kiwi, who was Hannah Berry, who had an amazing race, finishing eleventh place um, on her first time racing Kona, and she's had a pretty up and down last couple of years. So I thought yeah. that was an outstanding performance. Of that, of you know, we talked about there's kind of six or seven who we who kind of ended up there, basically. Um, of the people other than Hannah Berry, who else kind of maybe performed better than you thought? Uh, Australian Penny Slater was in 13th place, but the rest, you know, somewhat predictable. The top 10 was pr- fairly predictable. Sarah True, who's sort of, you know, yep. trying to juggle um, motherhood as well as studying and, uh, and racing, still finished 8th place. It was pretty good. And Sky Monch, man... She probably said, I'd love to see if they had a Strava segment for coming out of transition, she would have won it. She was like sprinting oh, out really? of transition. It was mental. Uh, so, And then Chelsea Sidari, got to give hats off to her because she was out of it big time and ran a 2.53 to run herself up to sixth place. That was pretty impressive. And Danielle, Danielle Reef hung, hung tough uh, and got fifth place, which was pretty cool. Last time we're going to see her in Kona. Um, I was... Mm. 
Oh, she's, is she officially said that, is she? Yep. She's 36. Yep, she said she, she would probably do niece next year and that'll be it. Um, but that was her last kind of. So good to go out on a... Decent result. Not a shitty result. What, um, just, you know, normally we talk about coverage. Anything to add? Like, is it pretty much stock standard? Uh, yeah, coverage is pretty stock standard. I mean, the difference is it's women only, so they've yep. got a lot of coverage. Um, obviously. Um, <laughs> be hard to cover the men. <laughs> it would have been hard to cover the men. Um, but it was, yeah, they, they would look, you could tell they were trying to cover some of the the, the athletes are a little bit further down, but obviously you're focusing on the, the, the front few. But um, yeah, like they had a bit of coverage of Chelsea Star running through. Um, yeah, it was it was stock standard. We are we getting. Yeah. Okay, uh, anything else just to add? Uh, that's about it, really. Um, all in all, bloody good race. Yeah, we'll get some interviews coming up later on with a couple of the pros and Rob Dallimore with just a bit of feedback on what's happening out there on the day. Okay, so... Other news, and this is actually pretty big news, and I think this is quite significant. So Ironman have announced their own World Series. Uh, basically, they're launching a pro series, which is kind of a battle against PTO, really. And in some ways, it, it kind of shows where PTO is cocked up. Yes and no. Yep, carry on. Well, because my thoughts are, PTO haven't looked after long course people. Mm-hmm. You know, and PTO was designed, it, was, it started from that. Mm-hmm. And so the, now... It's hard to make money on the long course people. Mm-hmm. So there's two interesting things around. Oh, let's break it down. So what's happening, John? Uh, so it's going to be $1.7 million bonus uh, at the end of the season, paying 50 deep, 200000 for the winner, and it pays well down to 10th place. And then after that, 11th through 50th uh, get uh, some assistance as well. So it's going to pay pay deep. There's 18 races they've selected, of which six are Ironman. So that means there's 12 70.3s. In terms of who's going to come out on top, you have five, you can do five races, or you can do more than five, but your best five performances are going to count. Three can be iron distance races. Um, it's heavily weighted. Can for be. Three, three of your point scoring races out of the five can be iron can distance races. Can they be races. all 70.3s? Uh, yep, but it would be struggle to win it if you're, if you're doing 70.3s because the way the points work is you get 5,000 points for winning an iron distance race yep. um, and you get half that for winning a 70.3. Yep. So I guess if you won five 70.3s, you probably be pretty highly ranked, but I still don't think well, you'll be winning it. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting to see some. Well, no, you wouldn't because if you won five seventy point threes, you know, outside of world championships, where you're getting you're getting twelve hundred and fifty, mm. and so twelve thousand fifty, you went to Ironman is twelve thousand. Um, ten thousand. So it's five thousand for an Ironman. Oh, one. sorry, I'm six, looking at world championships. Sorry, six thousand points for a. So three Ironman, you're going to get fifteen thousand. So mm. you're already embedded in seventy point three. Yeah. So heavily weighted, them. heavily weighted for the iron distance races. Um. So your bonus for world champs, uh, an extra thousand points. Um. In iron distance and five hundred points extra in the. You think you would have got more of a bonus for the world champs? Yeah. Come on, winning Kona. Yeah. Or winning. It's yeah. a much harder race than winning in every Ironman. Yeah, but there's not many Ironmans in the series, so they're really trying to create that sort of Grand Slam sort of yep. feel to this. Um, the other interesting thing that was just, I saw in one article, and I think it was on Try 247, it may have been elsewhere, was it was also a hint that the qualifying for the World Champs is going to change as well um, into more of a KPR focus. So then you're going to be forced to do a couple of races because you have to accumulate some points. At the moment, the way that Kona qualifying, the World Championships qualifying, it's at individual races and they have a certain number of slots. Now they're going back to, it sounds like they're going to go back to having to do several races and accumulate a certain amount of points. I've got a question for you. Has they changed your overall payout? Because this is another 1.7 million bonus at the end of the year. Has they 
the overall payment for pros over the years has it changed? Well, that's that, this is the big wait and see because we know Ironman are a business. They're not going to want to be spending more money. And they've never looked after the pros. They've never looked after the pros. So I'm going to be interested to see how this pans out over the entire season, whether they are actually paying out an extra $1.7 million or they're consolidating that from the overall prize pool and some races might get cut. Uh, and so I, I do. the sceptic in me says, how much more money are you actually putting out here um, rather than uh, and on top of what outside of there? those six Ironman races, which are going to obviously be the, the key performance races, uh, which would include the World Championships, so five outside of the World Championships basically, mm. um, Will there still be pro racing and other races? Well, yeah, there will be. Um, so like Ironman New Zealand is an example that's not in the series, um, but I'm sure they'll still have a pro race there. But other races, I'm sure, will, will not end up being pro races. So it starts off at the 70.3 in Oceanside in California. Um, and, yeah, spread, spread all around the world. There's a couple of races in Australia, quite a few in, obviously, the States. The Ironmans are going to be... Uh, in Texas, uh, and then we've got Cairns, um, we've got Lake Placid, and we've got uh, I mean Germany and Kona, and a few other bits and pieces. Kins is the funny one to choose, isn't it? Well, they have to choose. I think they've sort of gone for one in each region. But Cairns is a funny one for our region because mm. it's a very, very, very end of an Australasian season. Yeah, you know, like if you're a Kiwi. Kins mm. is late in the game. It's June, isn't it? Yeah, it is June sixteenth. You know, you think you probably have to do an Australian race, but whatever race is earlier. Uh, but well, you've only you've got Ironman New Zealand. You've got a couple of other Ironmans in Australia. So I think they're just trying to spread it around. You know, you've got North North American Championships. You've got the Asia Pacific Championships. There's no races in Asia. Um, you have another one in Europe, and you've got the, the yeah, World Champs. If, if, if I were picking it, I wouldn't have picked that as our Australasian race. Mm, has been the regional champs yeah, for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But so yeah, I'd be interested to see the the financials of this um, now. One thing that, you you know, it's easy to criticise PTO saying, yeah, they're not looking after the long course athletes. What do you think of Joe Skipper? Man. Yep, no, hold on, let me finish. Okay. Jesus. Um, <laughs> is PTO going for a completely different model? They're trying to get Joe Bloggs watching our sport. Um, and so... Joe Bloggs ain't watching an Ironman for eight hours. They're trying to come up with a completely different package. What I think we're going to see with Ironman is just more of the same. I don't think the racing's going to change very much. Yeah, there's an extra prize pool, and so we'll, we'll get some stronger fields. But I don't think they're, they're not going after Joe Bloggs' audience. They're just trying to obviously keep all the, all the pros in the game. So it's quite a different model. And if PTO did the same sort of thing and they focused on iron distance, I don't know if Joe Bloggs is going to be into it. So uh, at the end of the day... Few things for me is, um, I'm like fuck you, Iron Man. Oh, whoa, whoa! He told me off before, and now he's swearing. Team, I might give him a hug. Why is it taken this to happen? You know, it's well, taken a comp- competitor to come along, and it actually, I'm really annoyed that it's it's taken this, and they go, oh, all of a sudden we've got some money. Well, what's really interesting is, is obviously, you know, what was the they, they had a problem to solve. Because why would they do this otherwise? So the problem that, that PTO have brought to them is that pros aren't turning up to their races. Mm. And like we think of interest in Ironman racing. Now, Joe Public probably have no interest, or big Joe Public, even triathlon public, probably traditionally care about Kona and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, outside of that. And oh, the, they're not going to watch it. And the championship concept hasn't 
Mm-hmm. It hasn't appealed to the the iron person who's interested in what's happening in racing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you listen to this podcast, you might go, oh, the championship race is in Cairns this year, but the fields haven't been that great in the championship races ever, mm-hmm. really. Even like Germany's not that great nowadays. No. And so, you know, you, you, the championship, the world champs, is, everyone turns into that. And then the, the flow on effect outside of that, it's, I memory has got pretty weak, mm-hmm. especially with the advent of PTO. So the problem they're trying to solve is how do we bring Ironman races back? And obviously, they are looking at having these championship races. And if they can get the right, a good amount of people there, we will be more interested in it. So it's the, it's the right problem to solve. But it's because they've neglected their relationship. Totally, yeah. So uh, I'm I'm pretty frustrated. It's great for the pros. It's going to be more money, long term. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Is this going to negatively impact the PTO racing? Possibly not because I don't know. I think that you're going to get a different sort of athlete. What's that's the going bonus payment in PTO? Well, we will have to see what we need somebody to run the numbers on this yeah. to see which series is better off. Obviously, for people like Joe Skipper, you mentioned him, yeah. Laura Sedell, Jocelyn McCauley, we've had on the show before today, people like that, they're long course specialists. This is like fantastic. Well, this, this is exactly what we want from yeah. an athlete point of view, but from a big picture. We want more eyeballs watching our sport to grow overall PTO heading in the right direction. My, my father-in-law watches PTO races on Sky. He won't watch a bloody Ironman race. Um, but Ironman's never sold pros. Ironman's no. sold aspiration mm. to everyday people. That's their market. Mm. You know, that's They make their money from the person who wants to be challenging their and life. And they want to sign up to the next race. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Rick and Dick Hoyt have sold way more than anyone else, mm. any pro. Mm. You know, and so, um, so in fairness to Ironman, as much as I've not looked after that relationship, the pro hasn't because it's a hard TV sport. The pro mm. hasn't really bought the market, no. um, so it, it is a, it's a tough one. But I, I, I'm really happy for the Joe Skippers of the world, yeah, because I think you know these people in the last period, PTO came along with big hopes, and they because they are creating a different market, it, they can't really create an, an option mm. for those people. Mm-hmm. But it now means like someone like Joe, he can target three of these championship races and mm-hmm. he can win these. Like he's mm. one of the best in the game. Um, you know, he'll get good money at the end of the year. Yeah, so hopefully hopefully it all works out perfectly and everything goes well. We have a great PTO series. We have uh, some Ironman racing. Uh, they're going to, if they want, like, I, I, I'm bloody fully into this. But you'd but have to commit to a series, wouldn't you? Like, you think you, you're, you yeah, think you're, you're a pro right now. If you're a pro right now, and let's say you're a bit more of a slightly better 70.3 than Ironman person, mm. you, you, you know, you've got to do... Well, be your best five performances. Mm. So you can't do five Ironman races or five Ironman performance races and then do all the PTO racing. You're going to have to go, I'm going this game. Mm. If you're a good 70.3 athlete, I suspect the PTO series is still going to be better. But that's going to be a closed short shop. You know, there's only going to be 20 athletes True. or so. So it's pretty hard to break in. So this gives, it, it does give a lot more people opportunities. It's a win-win for athletes, isn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I just hope they do. They, hopefully, they just crank up the coverage in IMAX. I don't think I could sit through um, the sort of coverage we get on a regular basis from Ironman PTO. I can I like it. Other than the world champs and maybe New Zealand, mm. do you actually ever really watch an Ironman race? Um, not really. No, no. And what would but draw I you w- in? Uh, uh, some highlights package. Like, uh, if I wake up the next, it's a European race. I get up the next morning. If there's an iron, an hour highlights package there, yep. I'm watching it. Yep. But I'm not going to watch no. seven or eight hours. But if you had a feel that it was Ironman quali- like championship quality, like a Kona, mm. I'll come in and out. Yeah, definitely. 
Because mm. maybe they have too many races now. Mm. You know, it's five too many. Yeah. You know, you better say there's three races a year, one's Conan and then there's other two. Mm. And you're guaranteed the rock stars are going to be there. Who knows what's going to happen. Mm. But yeah, more positives and negatives. As, well, as just, much as you said the F word, yeah. it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but it's like, why did you wankers take this long to do mate, something stop this wearing mate you know, be an x-ray show put that on whatever whatever yeah, platform you're on explicit yeah. we'll go on to the dark web <laughs> okay uh we had some other results we did uh actually the only reason i brought this up is a lot of athletes did two races in two weekends so that was uh pretty noteworthy um Matt brownlee was back back at it again but imogene simons took out two runs in two weeks she won uh challenge mallorca and yuri kulin took that out he won two in two weeks as well alistair brownlee was third so did you see joe skipper's Post of yeah, there was a bit of drafting happening there in and Challenge Mallorca. He, he, uh, he kind of hashtagged someone, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he was naming and shaming. Uh, okay, uh, we've got coming Ironman Portugal coming up this weekend now. Patrick Lang is back in the game, um, so hopefully these guys will be trying to qualify early. Ticking the box, that'd be yeah, it's a good idea to qualify early, and then you can focus on whatever you want. You can. Well, this isn't going to be part of the series. I don't know. Is it, is a lot of the athletes are going to be going, what the hell do I do now? Well, for now, there's two slots, both male and female. So there's still, in theory, the slots are still there. Yeah, so Clement Mignon's there. Peter Hemerick and Cameron Wirth are the top four seeds on the boys' side. On the female side, you get Anne Reichman uh, is the most recognisable name. Uh, and Gabrielle Oberman and Katrine Christensen. Tell you what, big fields. Big fields. We've got over... 60 athletes in the men pro, mm-hmm. and then we've got about 30 in the female pro. And one to watch out in the boys will be Jan Stratman. I think he finished third at 70.3 world champs. So interesting to see how he does stepping up. What happened in Super League? Super League's coming up this weekend in Neom, and I've got my fingers crossed that we're going to see a more interesting race than last year because I've Super League this season's been really, really good. Um, the courses have been cool. Um, they've had great spectators. I know they didn't maybe at Malibu, but I was still really engaged in, in that race with Neom. Uh, it was in the middle of a desert. There was not a single person there that wasn't associated with the event, uh, and they were riding up and down a dirt road with uh, no, basically just riding U-turns. It was it was it was really crap. Uh, so hopefully there's a bit more infrastructure and they get a bit of a higher crowd out there because um, yeah, it'll be a shame if it's a bit of a, a dud finish to the series. Okay, last week's discussion was what are your top three picks or top five? We went top five for the females. And pretty much nobody got it. Somebody who got very very close was Dallin Evanson. Um, he had Lucy Charles first and Anne Haug in second. He had uh, Daniela Reef fourth and Chelsea Sodaro fifth. So he was he was pretty close. If he'd swapped out Kath Manus for um, um, what you call it. Laura Phillip, he would have been uh, really close. Yeah, no, no one really. Got and no, no. I got two out of three. You did, you did yeah. well. And, uh, not many people were picking Lucy Charles Barkley. James Thomas uh, did nice work there. Um, and anybody else uh, pick? Yeah, yeah, Mike Canning. Mike Canning did um, nice work. Uh, Annalie Brown picked uh, Lucy Charles Barkley, as did Mark Thompson. Okay, there was a few, and Lee Thomas. Uh, that was about it. So, yeah. Well done with your picks for those of you guys that got close. You haven't got this week's discussion. Oh, okay. Oh, well, actually, I'm not going to be here for next week's show, so we'll flag it for this okay, week. Okay, we'll flag it this week and we'll do it again two weeks from now. Okay, quiz question before we get into interviews. What is the interview? What is the quiz? Uh, has a male ever led the Ironman from start to finish like Lucy Charles did? Now, do you know the answer? 
I, I had to do my research on this one. And as, <laughs> as I was doing my research, I had the live coverage um, playing at the same time yesterday. Just I didn't get to see the run that was playing. And then they started discussing it later on. I actually know it. So if you did watch the coverage, you may know the answer. But everybody else, has a male ever led Ironman from start to finish like Lucy Charles did? Okay, we're going to do back-to-back-to-back interviews. So, John, we're going to go – what are we going to do? Uh, we'll either go okay, Jocelyn McCauley first yep. and then Laura Sedale second yep. and Rob Dallymore up third. And there'll be no gaps in between, so we'll just go between the interviews and we'll be back on the other side of the interviews. Here they are right now. Bevan, hit record. Righty-ho, 10th place um, at Ironman Hawaii, equal to, I think, equal to her best ever result in Hawaii in terms of her placing was Jocelyn McCauley. She swam a 54.04, biked a 4.38, and interestingly, both her transition times are exactly the same. Two minutes 24 in T1, two Consistent. minutes, two minutes 24 in T2, <laughs> uh, and then a three-hour 12 marathon for an 8.50.39. So welcome along and welcome back to the show, Jocelyn. Thank you. Thank you so much. I actually didn't know that about transition. That's interesting. Yeah, and I'm on uh, I'm on PT, the PTO page and just checking that out. So look, um, Kona for you over the years has been... Um, she, she got a 10th in 2017. Yeah, bit of a mi- mix, mixed bag, you know. Um, so you got a 10th yeah. this time around. You've had a 10th before, but there's been a few sort of DNFs along the way. Um, what's What's been the difference over the years in terms of you having a, a good race as opposed to a um, DNF? Uh, injury. That's one. <laughs> that was my DNF last year it was an, an injury. I hadn't run for three weeks before the race and I was hoping to be able to uh, get it done, but couldn't. And then, um, so I work with precision fuel and hydration and I actually was a little eye opening. We've done a couple of like, we've obviously, obviously tested like sodium content and sweat, but I think the more important part has been even doing sweat testing. Like doing like sweat rate testing and I sweat a little over two liters an hour um yeah. as a small woman and so mm. yeah I have a very super high sweat rate um in this kind of heat and so I think that's been a big factor in in my DNFs and I mean I look at all of these other hot races that I've done Texas when it's been hot Malaysia three times and had a DNF ended up in hospital there and mm everything overnight and and things like that so all these hot races I just haven't been able to really nail because because I sweat so high like high rate and it's just hard to be able to replace enough and still be able to get enough out of your body all at the same time so yeah I would totally put it down to that just on that front because you're going to Nice next year is that quite exciting because it's a you know for someone who does struggle with the, the heat factor when we look at Nice, that's probably not going to play so much of a part. Is it? A, do you look and go, I can't wait to get there next year? Yeah, it would be really awesome if I was going to race it. It's actually a Sunday race, and I don't race on Sundays. And oh. so, yeah, I I get to have the experience of, like, a, you know, Olympics kind of thing. You know, it's every two years instead of every four, so I can yep. be grateful for that. But, yep. um, yeah, yeah, I won't be there in Nice. And, um I mean, I would have to go out there. I think we sh- we saw this year with the men. I think the people who can ride technically or who have ridden the course enough times um, did a lot better than anyone else. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a really big key part of that. So I would, I, I'm, I'm almost kind of glad because spending more time away from my family is always hard, and um, you know, to spend a month out there to be able to ride the course enough times 
uh, I think is what you would need to do to be able to have a great result there. Mm. So, so going into Sunday, um, firstly, what was the vibe like compared to other years when you've got guys there and, and how are you sort of feeling in terms of your expectations going into this year's race? Yeah, I, I think that all of the women really, really embraced the fact that we got to have like our own spotlight and our own time on the island. And I actually, I was at the pool this morning and um, I heard two uh, locals talking about, oh, it was so much more awesome just having the women here. It was just a better vibe and just like so uplifting. Like, so I feel like even the locals kind of felt that feeling, Um, you know, and I, I think that the men can bring that same type of uplifting vibe as well. Um, uh, you know, time will tell, t- tell next, next year, but um, yeah, like I think the locals appreciated it. And, and I think us as women really appreciated just having, having us, like it was just kind of cool walking around town because like when I walk around with my husband around an Ironman, people always assume that he's doing the race and he's like, no, I'm not that crazy. So, so it was cool that everyone knew that it was like the women there that were doing the race instead of, you know, assuming it was the man or not knowing or, or anything like that. So I, you know, it's the little, that's a little tiny little things that probably don't really matter, but it's those little things that really do add up into a different race experience for sure. So yeah, I I think that it's just amazing having having the opportunity to have women uplift women and and just have that togetherness. So, what about just then the difference? We'll get you to talk about your race in a second, but just out on the course, how was it different? Yeah, I yeah, I thought there was just a lot more cheering, really, honestly, yeah. to, to each other and just encouraging each other on and and things like that. So. Uh, yeah, I really appreciated that. I heard that from multiple people as well. Um, before the race, you know, there were obviously not as many people out there riding bikes on the Queen K, like not as many men riding bikes on the Queen K. There were a lot of supporters here, obviously. Um, and so they were out there, but just, you know, all the women out there, I, I stopped and changed a couple of flats that <laughs> people didn't know how to change and helped with some DI2 shifting and, and things like that. So, and it was so cool because like every time someone was pulled over on the side of the road, like everyone would always say, Hey, are you okay? And, the, and then we had this like thumbs up signal. So, you know, you would yell at the person and just put a thumbs up. Like, are you, are you thumbs up? And then they would give you a thumbs up and you would just ride on or, or they would give you a thumbs down. You would come over and, Oh, can I help with anything? Do you need CO2 or anything? So it was just, it was a very, very um, inclusive and togetherness vibe. So Guys, take note. Let's, yeah. let's help each other out a little more. Um, yeah. Okay, so so in terms of the race, um, so talk us through the swim and how that unfolded because there was a little bit of movement there. I think you you were kind of verging on being in that sort of second little group and then it kind of started to split up a little bit. So talk us through the swim and and how it was for you being being inside amongst it all. Yeah, so I was really hoping to be in that front pack. <laughs> um, and so I actually start. I had a really good start and was in that front pack and then just kept slipping off feet. And it's just been a problem of mine the last this last year for some reason. I'm not sure what to put that down to. Um, I feel like I've made progress in my swim, but it just hasn't you know gone to that next level, I feel like, in a race. And sometimes that takes time and that's fine. Um, and I can be patient about it, but, um, yeah, so I kept slipping off feet, kept slipping off feet and slept off the last feet. And 
um, found myself on my own. And so I just, yeah, I was like, well, I'll just keep going. And then I felt some feet tapping. I was like, okay, I'm not on my own, but mm -hmm. I think I'm going to lead this thing. So, um, and then I, just, I found a really good rhythm um, out there and just, I, I almost do better swimming on my own. I actually had my fastest um, Ironman swim split as a 51 uh, non-wetsuit in Malaysia, just swimming on my own. So I, I don't know what it is. I guess I don't have to worry about anyone around me. Like, you know, it gives you a little panicky feeling sometimes. And so, yeah. And then I, I actually swam our group onto that second group and we all got out together. Um, I mean, we hit that second group literally as we were like basically at the finish, you know, it was midway through the pier and mm -hmm. I finally, you know, caught up to Sarah True. So um yeah yeah so that was the swim it was a good swim I I uh didn't realize how big of our big of a group our group was until we were out there on the bike so and then then it grew even more once um the likes of Laura Phillip um pulled a few more up to you guys that we've, we've seen it in the guys racing quite a bit before and the females we've, we've certainly seen some packs but that looked like a monster pack. So what, what was it like inside there and, and how were the nerves? I, I know you you did get away eventually, but in that first um, fairly long section, probably on the Queen K, it looked like it was staying together. So what, what was it like inside there? Yeah, yeah. I um, make it a policy never to look back in a race. I always want to be looking forward. And so besides, you know, the little turnaround on Kuakini, which we weren't as big of a pack on that on that road, you know, like you said, it was a bigger pack out on the Queen K. I didn't realize how big our pack was because I was always in the first, you know, three or four women really, um, in that pack. And so I, yeah, I didn't realize how massive it was until actually after the race, because the pack was broken up. Um, basically the climb to Javi, uh, Elisa Norden took off and, you know, just did a big charge up that, up the up the climb and then I went after her and then Laura came after us as well so then it was us three just riding riding to Javi together um I really did predict that to happen I thought it was going to be a big group coming out of the swim um and you know I just I thought it was not going to have broken up and then come back together like it did but yeah. you know I thought it was going to be a big group coming out of the swim like it like it was and so I was I anticipated having a pack of you know 15 women and and I think that's, that is where the sport is going, right? I think women are about five years behind men's racing. And so you can look at men's racing as a woman a lot and know what's going to happen in the future. You know, you see the men, you know, this is how the men used to, well, have been racing, right? They got out in massive swim packs, get out on the bike in really big pack, and then it gradually breaks up throughout the ride, you know, but those first few miles are, you know, just all together. And so, those first few miles, I knew it was going to be somewhat of a pack and just to be patient because I think in years past, I haven't been as patient as I should. And, you know, those first couple of miles, the first really 40 miles, right? To Kauai High, everyone feels fine. Everyone feels great. You know, the race has just started. You're on adrenaline. And so it's really that climb to Javi and then the, the descent and way back into town that you have to save everything for and that you have to make sure that you're you're topped up nutritional, you know, hydration, everything wise to be able to, to really nail that, that next section. But it was really fun biking with Lisa and Laura. I've biked with them in many races and 
so you know we know how each other ride and um and everything and we took took turns throughout the time basically from aid station to aid station we would switch stuff off so it was a i think a you know a great group together you guys looked like you were doing a really good job with your fueling because i know one aid station it might have been the last one all three of you like Constantine it up and you were just like grabbing bottle after bottle. Um, so it, was good, it, was good, it was good to see that you weren't, uh, weren't shirking on the nutrition. Um, to talk us through the run, you know, three twelve for you, um, it was quicker than what you did when you got your 10th last time. I think it was a three sixteen. Um, we've seen you run some amazing run splits under three in different places. So talk us, um, talk us through the run and, and how happy or however you felt about the run. And, and what, were you, what were you thinking as you were coming off the bike? Yeah, um, coming off the bike, I was feeling a little bloated, like just not not bloated stomach wise, but just like like waterlogged almost. And so the last like ten miles of the bike, actually, I I was very I was leading and I was taking it very conservative. I was grateful that I was leading because then I could set the pace. And I was like, okay, I just need to. I that's why you saw me grab. I'll probably all of us grab so many water bottles and mm. and nutrition on that last aid station. It's just. I, I kept a, um, a water in that, in that front cage that I had, because I would grab a water from the aid station, pour it all over me. And then I would grab another one at the end. And then I would use it throughout, you know, the next few miles until the finish or the next aid station to be able to, to keep cool and to just get new fresh water on me that was somewhat cooler and, and everything. And so, yeah, I, that was going through my mind. I think for the most part is just be patient, stay cool, stay hydrated, stay you know, topped up, um, with nutrition and things like that, like going on to, you know, a mile one of a run, you, you can't, you can't let your mind go, you know, too, too high or too low because, you know, that mile one is either going to feel really good. You're going to be flying or that mile one's going to feel really bad. And you can't let that affect the rest of your marathon either. Mm. And so, yeah, I think you kind of almost have to put blinders on when you're, when, you know, you're going on to the marathon and, you know, those first couple of miles, I, I didn't feel great. You know, I've in the past felt really great. And this time I just didn't, but I knew, you know, just take one mile at a time and, and things can change dramatically in an Ironman race and, you know, in a three hour marathon or under or over whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, I, I thought I could do a lot more on that marathon. You know, a post that I put out right before the race was I used to be known as a runner and I hope to be known as a runner again and don't think I quite, quite made that out. So that's disappointing, but I think there's more opportunities in the future to be able to definitely get that run to shine again. Um, and I know, it, I know it will come through. It just, it takes patience and it takes time. And, um, that first one patience is the horrible P word that I hate and don't have much of it. And I don't <laughs> think many of us do as athletes, but yeah, I think I just have to be. And so was I happy? Um, I I am content. I don't know if I would say happy, but I am, I am content. I was able to hold it together and I was able to make steps in the right direction of my run, but I wanted to make leaps and bounds. So did you, did you have any jewels out there? Because you, you know, you were basically less than a minute or about a minute behind Lisa Norton you had a couple of people probably came through on you it looks like Sarah True and Sky Monch came came through and Chelsea Sedaro probably went past like a little bit of a flash but um did you have yeah. any jewel, jewels out there or were you pretty much running solo the whole time no I was pretty much running solo the whole time but I I am fine with that it was it 
I don't know. I haven't ever had like a really good run battle or run race or anything like that with someone. I mean, Lisa, like you said, I was like a minute behind and that, that grew and shrank and, and everything. And so I guess I did have her as like a little carrot in front of me to be able to keep my eyes on. Um, but no, it was, it was a solo day, but sometimes that's good to be in your head. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, it, was, uh, it was it was really good to see out racing. You got some good coverage on the live uh, feed on the the bike. Didn't yeah, we didn't really see much of fifth through tenth on the on the run. Um, but yeah, that no, was all good. Any any other sort of comments on the overall sort of Kona experience this this time around, um, or anything else that maybe we didn't we didn't see as general spectators? Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I just yeah, I loved being able to have the women showcase. And I think that we did a good job of kind of, you know, bringing it, you know, it was, mm. it was our opportunity to kind of step it up and to make a spectacle of a race. And I think that it was, even though it was Lucy leading from start to finish, I think, you know, behind that, I think there was still some good movement and some good, you know, I guess racing to be <laughs> frank. Yeah, just good racing. Just lastly, your thoughts on Lucy's race. Ah, oh, I mean, just like, yeah, I unbelievably amazing. I just, you know, I'm at a loss of words, right? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It just, I mean, record breaking, like broke records, like 824. That's just so fast on that course and uh on that day so just my yeah massive congrats to her and hats off to her and yeah just queen of kona right now but what about the bike that's my, my sort of final question obviously the bike times are insanely fast so we're assuming that the conditions were really good and speedy for that but when you look at your i don't know if you have a power meter or power numbers how does it does it compare to other kona times you've done you know is the power going up as well as the technology and the conditions, you know, so what do you put the, the, the amazingly fast times down to? Um, well, I can only speak for me and, you know, my group that I was in. So I can't speak for the front of the race or anywhere else, but for, for us, the power was definitely up. I have mm. seen it in all of my races that, I, I think that probably a lot of us feel like, oh yeah, I have, I've elevated my bike or I've elevated my swim or any of these, these ones. But I feel like, I feel like we see it a lot more in the bike right now is mm -hmm. like, I've, oh, I've really elevated my bike. I can't wait to get out there and, and crush it. But I've learned to not, ex not expect to be crushing it more than anyone else. Um, at least more than any of the other, like, you know, people known as solid bikers out there. And so, um, no, my, my power has been going up, you know, 10 Watts, <laughs> I feel like yeah, every yeah. year. So it's, it's not a small, small amount. It's, it's leaps and bounds every time. And do you think that it's going to be not easier, but you know, it's just, you're going to be able to shine a little bit more, but, um, not on the stage when everyone is at the top of their game um on the same day fantastic okay awesome well fantastic on a on a top 10 result um any if people want to follow you or whatever you're up to or any sort of thanks sponsors or anything like that you want to get out there yeah i mean you can follow me on instagram i i just post mostly on instagram and have it go over to facebook but mostly on instagram and then yeah i mean i have amazing sponsors who are out here and um ventum head um precision who fuels me rotor 
Um, and then um, blue oh, seventy bet, for my swim gear. So what? I bet, bet you were happy it wasn't the wind wasn't going to get up. You had a pretty uh, deep rim on that that rear wheel of yours. Oh yeah, the Jet One Eighty that Annie put out last year is just unbelievable. It's it's so cool. I mean, I've ridden it actually in some pretty high winds because. Um, it was actually a surprising day that there wasn't windy. I thought it was going to be like crazy windy out there just because I've been out here for four weeks and it's, I would say 90% of the days have just been insane winds. And all of the locals here have said that it's been some pretty, pretty crazy winds this whole summer. I think, I think it was like an El Nino year. And so I think that increases winds and, and rain and, and stuff. So Yeah. Yep, it was pretty deep, but it rides, um, they've tested it, it rides pretty much exactly uh, almost as fast as their disc wheel, um, mm -hmm. but it's lighter, and so, um, and it's actually allowed in Kona, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, looked good too. Awesome, Jocelyn McCauley, 10th place in Kona, um, well done, and thanks so much for your time. Ah, thank you all so much. Okay, team, um, you've heard us talk on the show before. The position you don't really want to fit, finish from a professional standpoint <laughs> of view used to be uh, 11th, um, and it's now changed to 16th um, because that's how far the prize money goes. Uh, the next guest, Laura Sadell, last year she finished 10th, so she was uh, got in the money. This year it was 16th, which I think will suck from a prize money point of view, mm -hmm. but I suspect she might be okay with that result given the, the year that she's had. So welcome back to the show, Laura. <laughs> Thank you, John. Yeah, you're right. Um, it does suck. It's a bit of a bittersweet pill to take, uh, and especially we had a bit of a battle out there for that final spot between uh Hayley Chura, Elvisa, and then Svenja Thos came through at the end. And yeah. we were kind of the four of us running back and forth and kept changing changing spots. But yes, um so it would have been nice to get that 15th or 14th. Um but yeah considering I didn't think I was going to be on the start line here. Um and just having I was being hit by the car in May and suffering the brain brain injury then. Um and getting back uh yeah i've got to be i mean you know we're athletes we always want more <laughs> but yeah, i'm trying yeah. to be really good and sort of like no no this was just an achievement getting back and and putting out the the day i did i've got to i've got to take you know pride in that what was the motivation to go there obviously it's the world champs and it's kona and stuff but you probably had a sense that you might weren't necessarily at the same level you've maybe been in the past and you potentially could have gone elsewhere to maybe do an ironman and and win some money and 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 be be assured of at least a payday so, and and it's a yeah. bloody expensive trip so what what motivated yes. you to head over there yeah great 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 question um I think when the accident happened in in Brazil, um, and I'd still, I, I guess I wanted to get back to Kona this year off the back of my results last year at the two world champs, and to build on that and with the work that I was doing with my coach Julie Dibbins. So that was kind of the goal for this year, and then obviously um, the the aim was to qualify in Brazil in May, and that obviously didn't happen. And um, I asked Ironman if they'd consider giving me a wild card off the back of results and the circumstances which they mm -hmm. they kindly did and so I guess that was I think probably off the back of last year like coming back and seeing what I could do um and learning taking some learnings from that obviously then I was coming back knowing that I probably wasn't going to be in the same shape 
and and so then it was just a kind of motivation to get to get back on a start line mm. um reasons yes i could have gone to another race and we did think about it um but i think you know i've as many people i think who follow me know like i've had a love hate relationship with this race and it's only sort of been through working with julie that and the result last year that she's given me sort of the confidence that actually i could i can achieve some great performances here for me and i think the other thing is like just being I, I would have come to the race anyway, I think, with it being the women's only day in Kona this year or the women's only event in Kona this year. And I kind of wanted to support that. Um, and so being able to come and be on the start line here rather than another race, even though, yes, at a huge cost yeah. um, this year, and especially with not picking up anything. Um, but I think that was the driver to get back on the start line, but to be against the best women in the world um was yeah what, what i wanted to do and so for those that don't know about your accident maybe just give us a quick um yeah. summary of what happened and and what's happened since then yeah so um i was racing ironman brazil in may um i was on the bike leg in second place uh just coming to the end of lap the first lap of the bike um and almost that's the last thing i remember um, the, the next thing I remember, I was sitting on the, the other side of the road. The ambulance was already there. Uh, my helmet and glasses were, you know, sunglasses were already off my head. Um, and yeah, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I was hit by a car and, and was knocked unconscious and was found on the road unconscious by the, you know, the first people that found me. Mm. Uh, was taken, taken to hospital in Brazil and had obviously a, a CT scan and had a brain bleed so it was kept in overnight and fortunately it didn't deteriorate or didn't get any worse so they were happy to discharge me after another we had another scan the next day but happy to discharge me and then I was cleared to fly back to Boulder the following day um but as a result of that yeah you know sort of come back to Boulder and it's completely you know, no driving, no training, no nothing. So going from mm. 30 hours a week leading into that race of training and sort of peak fitness, um, as I realized afterwards, I hadn't realized quite how fit I was sort of at the time mm. um, to then like literally nothing. And I, I don't think I've ever done any zero exercise in my life ever. Um, so I was allowed to sort of 20 minutes walking, but lots of resting, lots of napping, uh, no screens, um, you know, pretty much taking everything out to uh yeah help recover basically and mm. so it was quite a and not really knowing then how long it would take to get back the, the thing with a brain injury is it's different for everybody there's no real understanding of uh symptoms and everyone's different and how long it takes you know some people it's years and years and um others so it's been a a, a pretty slow or slower than I would like I guess um journey back and I think you know just coming back from that five six seven weeks of zero training so real at, at rock bottom in fitness to building the back back up again while still managing different energy levels different fatigue levels still headache mm -hmm. symptoms um and that sort of thing has been the last yeah the last five months so um I tried to we were going to race Ironman Mont-Tremblant which was the end of uh June no yeah. end of August sorry and that was the last qualifier for Kona um 
but it and we were sort of training towards that but we were sort of um chasing fitness and chasing things to be able to on that start line so when Ironman granted me the wild card we we pulled back yeah. off that one as it wasn't wasn't worth the risk to to push the body at that stage because I just wasn't ready and um yeah but it's amazing sort of the last I guess eight weeks six eight weeks leading into Kona I was able to put down some really good training get back to a level of fitness that I felt I could kind of have a have a solid day out which is kind of I think what happened so yeah so um the feedback we got from guys over in Nice you know aside from the the course and stuff was (laughs) it was it was a sausage fest and it just felt a little (laughs) bit weird not having the females there um what uh, what was it like uh having a female only event and did you like it was it just different What, what what was it what was it like not having any guys around yeah, I mean, yeah, it was diff- well. There's still a lot of guys around because most of our industry is still run by men. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the a lot of the brands and sponsors are all male teams. So and obviously there was a lot of people here with partners who were having to take on the childcare or whatever for the day for race day, which was quite mm-hmm. funny seeing some of the posts of dads sort of shitting themselves <laughs> with the, the prospect yeah. of looking after their kids while moms were racing. But no, it was, you know. I look I I I love the two I love the separate days but I would like the same location I do think Mm. there is something with being able to support the guys and maybe that's on a professional level but you know it was a really great vibe here all week I think it was a lot more relaxed like it wasn't as much um promenading down a leaky drive in the week leading up I think the women tend to do things a little bit quieter and um and also there were obviously a lot of first timers or first timers to Kona so I think that made it a different atmosphere. Um, uh, the other thing I noticed was, and I think I said this on when I was interviewed on the broadcast, race morning, it was a lot busier early on. I think the women are more organized <laughs> than the men and come down with more time and to get to get settled. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was a really nice atmosphere. That's not to saying I don't like it when the men are here as well. Um I mean, there were still over 2,000 people, which I think is the same number as they had in yeah. 2019. Like the 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 swim that they did the week before was 1,000 people. It was packed. It, that was double the number that normally do it. Yeah. Um, it Definitely on race day. Like, I think the vibe and the energy all week was great. I think all the media did a fantastic job at hyping up the, the women's race and mm-hmm. putting some really great stories out. It was, I think, noticeable on race day that there were less spectators out there. Mm-hmm. Um, just some of those. I mean, it was still busy. It was still packed. There was still great atmosphere. Still lots of people out there. But just, I think, you know, Hot Corner was still packed, but maybe not quite as much. And mm. Alihi Drive was still packed, but again, just not as much. So it was just little things like that that I think you think you noticed a bit more. Oh, so overall solid race, but just a few intricacies that we don't necessarily see um, always. Like I just, I didn't watch the whole coverage. I was sort of in and out during the day, but I saw Owls Visser at one stage doing this pass and it was like one of the back in the guys' day. She was like <laughs> passing. I'm like, oh my God, how many people is she going to have to pass here? It was like yeah. a lot. Were, were you in that group? And, and what was the sort of dynamic out there with the um, with the the groups and how it kind of went compared to what it may have been in the past yeah. from, from where you were racing? 
so I would have loved to have been in that group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I didn't have a I had a solid swim, but not the swim I had here last year, and so I missed missed a couple of that packs but I did hear about this pass that Els did I've, quite a few people have spoken about it but there was a huge pack as I remember sort of as I was going up Kuikini which is the first section of the bike lap um there was a huge pack which had all those Daniela Reef, Annie, Kat Matthews, El, it had all those players in and they were just behind the lead so I think and I think that stayed together from what I understand kind of till Harvey I guess which is when yeah. it tends to break up anyway so I think for the women, you know, there was 50 odd of us on the start line, which is huge. Um, and I think so, yeah, just those bigger packs coming out and those different dynamics to play. I didn't see that many. I saw a couple of people with drafting penalties, but not actually as many as I expected can given the size of the packs. Mm. Um, but I just think it was super exciting. I mean, the the course record going Rinny's run course record the bike course record going like it, it we had good conditions mm -hmm. um there wasn't much wind it wasn't as hot as it could be in Kona there wasn't any cloud cover so it did have it was sun all day but just the level of the female professionals racing now is just super exciting and everyone's just taking it to that next next gear and so you are having to have those dynamic I think you know if they're in that pack, when was it that they wanted to to break off? Go it was it up Harvey or you know Daniela yeah. Reef normally waits to the top of Harvey, but I think she sort of tried to go earlier, and I'm not sure that paid off as it normally does. Um, and then you know a few others got popped off the back, and I, I was personally because I hadn't had the best swim, and then you know was quite surprised to pass cats on the way to Harvey and so I wrote I was pretty much on my own for the day riding yeah. again which is like last year um but passed like Kat and then passed Vanilla and then passed Chelsea and I was like oh wow these are kind of these three key big names um and full credit to I mean Chelsea obviously then ran herself back back mm. up into six and Vanilla finished it off and mm. uh, you know even someone like Sarah Crowley and and bless her Kat didn't just have a day and and that's what Coda does like no one's gonna not everyone can have their day but full credit to everyone who finished it off but it's mm. it is getting different dynamic racing for women at this race at the world championships when you do have a start line of 50 opposed to you know we go to a, a I say a regular a regular Ironman during the year and it may be 10 mm. and yeah. um Awesome. And you'd probably be one of those in the camp that's probably pretty pleased about the announcement of the Ironman sort of series and prize money that's going to be a bit more focused to long course athletes, probably suit you a lot more than, than say, the PTO racing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'll, I'll say I don't, I didn't agree with their timing of the announcement, yeah. but that's a, uh, another story and there's some back history to that, which I won't go into. Yeah. Um, you know, it would have been nice for them to have left it till after after Kona. Good point. Um, but yeah, I think it's great for the sport, and I think you know it's about time that they stepped up the prize money for mm. Ironman racing. So, you know, and it's it's obviously a reaction to the PTO series. But the great thing about this is just it's more money into the sport. It's more money yeah. for the professionals, and it does give those of us who are more focused on the full distance a chance to have you know, where we're not included or we don't have that opportunity with the PTO series mm -hmm. um, just because of the contracts that are going out and obviously the, the shorter distance. 
Mm. Um, I think it's great that then Iron Man have brought this in. Um, I think it will probably damage challenge more, yeah, maybe. True. And yeah. that's the thing I haven't, but I hadn't, I haven't properly thought about it because obviously they announced, you know, a couple of days before our race and I just needed, I wanted to put that in the box and leave it on yeah, the yeah. shelf till after the race. So I've got a couple of long haul flights coming up. So I'll start to look at it in more detail and look at the races. I'm a bit disappointed Ironman New Zealand's not in the schedule Good though, because I was planning to, I wanted to, I'm coming, I'm hoping to come and race that next year um, yeah. for the anniversary, but um. And I think I still will, but yeah, it would have been nice to have that included in the in the series. Very good, cool. Well, well done on a you know good solid comeback race. Really pleased to see you back in the game because I know there's been a few little false starts along the way. Um, so awesome to see you back. Bugger, you missed out by one, but hopefully your sponsors, <laughs> sponsors will go. Awesome to have you back. We'll just yeah crank some money your way would be awesome yeah um I hope so. put, put put that word out for them for me <laughs> <laughs> um anything else that happened in Kona that just sort of that stood out for you or any any other sort of comments on Kona or and, and or how people can follow you um I mean I just say uh, I think the the media was fantastic leading into the race I think what was nice and I noticed you know like I'm a hoker athlete and we have a team dinner Mm -hmm. um, which we do every year and just suddenly sort of looking around and going oh actually it's just the female athletes here like the professionals this is really cool this is just yeah. us getting the lot getting the full attention so to speak and I think Ironman and other media did a great job at um into you know including a lot more of the women's stories at least pre-broadcast I haven't seen the broadcast so I don't know how much of it was included but um I mean I would like to see on the broadcast still more depth of the race being shown but like i said i haven't haven't fully seen it mm. um but no i think it was a great i think it was a great event i think um you know i heard lots of good things about nice obviously nice is a huge city and it had the you know rugby world cup on which i'm, I'm sure that the new zealanders are quite happy about at the moment given today's yeah, or right? yesterday's results yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know the event probably not dwarfed by the city but just takes part as part yeah. of being in nice whereas obviously in kona we know it just takes over yeah. um but yeah i think there were it was a good vibe again i would like to see I, i'm all for i'm all for the separate days but the same Sorry. location would be great but i know that's that's a hard one um yeah. and yet following me instagram's probably the best at lmcid but i'm on facebook twitter and linkedin and all the all the usual excellent Cool. And if everyone I'll... if everyone could put some pressure on my sponsors to give me some money for the yes. result, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Let's look them up. Let's look them up. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, well done. Um, yep. great feedback. And uh, yeah, it's just good to get the perspective from somebody who's been there a few times. And uh, yep. and good to, good to hear it was a great day. So uh, thanks so much for your time. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Good to chat as always. Righty ho team, I thought it would be quite good to get a perspective of somebody on the sidelines. You've heard from a couple of the pro female athletes and what it, what it was like and they seemed to yeah, seemed to really like the, the female vibe and it was just friendly and a little bit more relaxed. Um, but I was just keen to know what it was like from a spectator's point of view and how the whole event looked from the outside um, compared to what it was like sort of pre-COVID. Last year was a bit different. It was, you know, both genders were there and it was just a, a massive show. Um, but one man who's been there plenty of times as an athlete and as a coach um, is Rob Dellymore. So welcome back to the show, Rob. Thank you. Greetings. How are you? 
pretty good. Um, so what was your what was your purpose of being over there this time around? Um, did you have a few athletes yeah. racing, or what? What was the deal? Yeah, so uh, Rebecca Clark, who I coached, was in the uh, elite women's race, and um, then I had a few athletes in the age group races as well. So nice. uh, it was busy. I was on the ground. I was running around like a mad thing, <laughs> and I was exhausted by the end of it. <laughs> Poor you. What was your strategy yeah, on yeah. on on race day in terms of? Uh, where, where 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 do you think is the optimal spectating points for for I guess from a coach and just a a general person if they're over there watching? Yeah, it's a tough one. I didn't take a bike over with me this time, so um, we were all on foot. Um, so we just basically went from the swim start um, and then shot up the Holale Highway where you can see them go out and back early on the ride, and then um, and then we just sort of hung around a hot corner for the end of the bike and just sort of start the run out and back along the drive, and that was basically all we could do. Yeah. And then we just suck around there, for, and I shot down Ali Drive to the finish shoot when I watched a few people come in from there. But it was it was hectic. Yeah, it was hectic good. as good. always. <laughs> um, I remember we interviewed James Karnama, um, I think it was earlier in the year when, or after they'd made the announcement with Nice and Kona, and he was sort of saying Nice was going to be massive, all the industry would be there, and he kind of thought that by the time Kona rolls around maybe they won't be as, as interested because they will have done all their big releases over in Europe. And f- the feedback we got from Europe was the expo was actually pretty small and, um, and wasn't, wasn't that impressive. So yeah, I was mm. just keen to hear from you what it was like in the days leading into the race. Um, things like, I don't know if you were there for the underpants run and the expo and just what it, what it was like compared to what it was like sort of pre COVID. Maybe a good way of thinking about that is yeah. how was it different and which way was it good and which way was it not so good? Okay, so it was very different. It was really, really quiet. Thursday Thursday in Kona is generally pretty hectic, yep. and it was pretty quiet. Like we were sitting in a bar and just down from Lava Java, and it was just chilled and relaxed. It was a nice atmosphere, but it wasn't that full-on Thursday before the race, everyone going everywhere, 100 miles an hour. Um, it was just felt like another – it didn't even feel like another Ironman because Ironman's always pretty, pretty jumped up. It just felt pretty chilled. Pretty relaxed, mm. but it was nice. It was a nice atmosphere. Um, everyone was happy. There was no, didn't no one really seemed to be super nervous about it either, which is really cool. Um, and but the funny thing is, is the expo was so quiet. Like the, the in what the, way? Just the just just the um, exhibitors. There weren't yeah. as many there. Um, you could sort of see by the time we were walking through that people the the people that were on the stands were sort of getting a bit bored of it. Um, it was just. It just didn't have that really cool feel, you know. You, you walk through the exhibitors, and there weren't really, there were no real good specials to buy stuff, and there were no giveaways and things. There was no swag that you could sort of fill your bag up with. It just didn't have a really, really cool feel that you know we used to get back in the old days, mm. which is a shame um, because I think the people that would have been doing it for their first time really miss a, a cool opportunity that you used to get. Mm. So that in that regard, it was quite sad, and uh, it was it was quite. You know, it sort of left me wondering where where do you go from here? Um, but then it sort of evaporated a little bit by race day because the race day itself was a was a great atmosphere. The race was going really well. Um, you know, it, it, the women always bring a nice flair to it. Um, it was it was really colourful and everyone was really happy and excited. And yeah, it was. Yeah, you kind of forgotten about the the fact that it it was quite a, a quite a days leading up to it. But then the other thing I noticed was actually in the race, while the race was on, the crowds weren't weren't big. Down by the mm-hmm. finish area, when even when Anne Haug was running through, it was a pretty small crowd along the finish line. Um, 
and that really surprised me. And I made I, I actually wondered if a lot of families stayed away. You know, maybe mm. one or two athletes travelled together, but the families didn't come because there just wasn't that that hustle and bustle of on the sidelines. You know, mm. you didn't have to sort of squeeze past people to get somewhere. You could just walk. You know, it, it, it just didn't have that real busy atmosphere, and and that's a bit of a shame because I think. I don't know if the locals really wanted it, but I think the businesses were suffering a little bit mm. from being quieter like that. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a bit torn to think, did the locals want it or they not want it? Because it was definitely not the same atmosphere that would have been, you know, five, ten years ago when you guys would have been there. Yeah, yeah. What about um, what about feedback you've had from the athletes? I'm going to get some age groupers on next week. We've just had a couple of pros on uh, today. But from the athletes mm. that you coach were over there, um, Rebecca, you know, she looks like she had a, a steady day, probably not quite as quick as yep. what she wanted to go. Um, but what was the feedback like yeah. from the athletes in terms of the the experience and if any of them had done it pre-COVID sort of as well? well? I only had, apart from Rebecca and one other athlete who had done it previously, um, so they, they noticed that it was a little bit quieter, but the other athletes that did it for their first time, they were buzzing over it. Mm, you know, it was a yeah. cool, they, they loved it. They said it was, it was great. It was a good atmosphere. So they probably didn't have that experience of, you know, those years ago when it was super hectic, but that, and that was cool because they got a really nice, really nice experience out of it. And I think everyone was really happy with it. Um, but yeah, the couple that I have had who'd raced previously did notice that it was not quite the same, you know, mm. down the end of the year drive was pretty quiet. Um, and yeah, that's that was quite noticeable. But the funny thing is, is like last year, I remember we were watching the men's race, and by the by the midway through the men's race, it was we we're quite exhausted as spectators. You know, we were almost triathloned out. We'd had two days of Ironman racing, totally. And this, and by the time the men race was on, it just didn't have that same that same excitement and the same feel. Mm. Um, so I don't think you can have two the two races, two race days in the same location, mm. and still get the same crowd feel I, I still think the, the one day brought more atmosphere yeah but then obviously right. you, you affect the women's race by having the men racing as well yeah no i feel that from from a spectator point of view you're just watching it online it's like i, I struggle to turn around again in a couple of days time and watch the guys at least i'd still watch it but i wouldn't be as mm. engaged uh and I, and I found that last time as well um mm. okay cool and in terms i'm just keen to know if you've looked at rebecca's numbers at all we, we were speaking with jocelyn mccauley and she said her numbers uh were heading up in terms of her bike power output because that's where we saw the really mm. big gains this year um rebecca's you know she's she's had a, some really good races this season are you finding you know rel- that her numbers are heading up just everything's getting faster or is it a lot yeah. of tech technology as well um definitely a lot like a lot faster um she said the swim was pretty pretty relaxed um she just sat in the pack and didn't really do much although she said there was a little bit of um uh maybe a few tactical errors from some of the women where they were kind of swimming on on the shoulder which was disrupting the speed a little bit she said it would have been better like last year where it was long straight line which Mm. is quite interesting so i think maybe there was a little bit of anxiety and nervousness around some of the the better athletes trying to get in that position um and that could have been why Lucy got such a big lead out of the water is that the, the main pack of chase women kind of got disrupted or disrupted themselves um, mm. on the bike. Um, so she was quite a bit, 10 minutes faster than last year and quite a few lot watts less than last oh, really? year. So, yeah, which was interesting, maybe 10 watts less for 10 watts for 10 minutes faster. So some mm. of that would be aerodynamics. Um, you know, she'd worked on a few things around gearing and better chains and better tyres. So I think that would have helped a bit. But um, – 
Um, I, d- I don't know. The conditions were pretty light. Mm. It wasn't. It wasn't a particularly windy day, and I don't think it was particularly hot either. Mm. Um, or maybe later on the run it got hot. Yeah. But um, she was twenty minutes faster than last year, but three three places less, and yeah. or three places back from the field, which yeah. was pretty hard because it was nine, not just a, just over nine hours, um, yeah. and to just miss nine hours narrowly <laughs> was yeah. Bit, bit yeah. tough. Um, yeah. But I mean, you looked at what Hannah Berry did, and she had a phenomenal race, and, and I think she just. Yeah, she just did everything right, you know. Was there when it had to be. She had to be there and just just waited, bided her time. And yeah, it was it was a good race to watch for her. Sometimes good. it's good to be. She got dropped in the swim, which is probably a blessing yeah. in disguise. Yeah, it is because like Rebecca's always at the front of the field, and it's only going to go one way. You're only ever yeah. going to get caught unless you're Lucy. Yeah, and it's quite. <laughs> it leaves you with these tough decisions to make. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Just just on a personal level, yeah. now you know there's. Going back to Kona, now you've raced, how many times have you done it, Rob? I've raced three times and I'm going back next year as well. Oh, so, so it's, it is still appealing to go back? Um, we're going back because the boys are going, you know, Brody and uh, and yep. uh, Andy Smith are racing it and I've got quite a few athletes racing it. So, you know, we're going back for, you know, just, just to have another crack at it with, 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 the, with the lads. Yep. But um, it, do, it doesn't have the same appeal. I did watch it this year and think, how oh, am I going to get myself back to 10 years to back back to the shape in a year's time because <laughs> it, it did look painful yeah yeah, it's, yeah. and it's uh, and it's a big hit on the bank balance as well for uh, for us Kiwis oh, is it ever? so yeah oh, awesome okay yeah. now it was really good to get some perspective there rob and, and i'm pretty yeah. much in a, in a very similar camp to you i don't really know how i feel about this about having no. different different I, I kind of want them to be together men and women but there's pros and cons yeah. to both of it and it's like oh what do we do here uh, yeah um, I wish I wish I could have a really really good definitive answer for you, but I, I was racking my brain thinking, what 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 camp am I in? I don't yeah. really know. Yeah, does it does Nice appeal to you as an athlete yourself? Yeah, 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 yeah. It does. I had an athlete race that, and and it sounded awesome, but it didn't sound like it was a world championships. Mm, yeah. um, I still think Kona is the world champs. I still think it. I still think it has to be. Mm. Um, nice sounded like a great race, but it didn't sound like a world championship race. Interesting. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Rob, yeah. you're about to get on the uh, the big uh, plane, get head home. So uh, you'll be able to yeah. hear this when you get back. Enjoy, um, enjoy Great. slamming down some good New Zealand <laughs> food, and we'll uh, we'll see you at some stage over summer. Yeah. Thanks, guys. I hope you get down to Christchurch soon. I'll catch That's up with good. you. <laughs> Jumbo, your thoughts? Yep. It was uh, some good insight there. Uh, we're interested to hear age groupers. It was really cool to hear from Rob, who had had some age groupers race there before and after. And as we just said with with Rob there, I'm. I don't know what the hell the best solution is here. My heart tells me we should have males and females at the same venue racing, um, but the females got such good coverage this year. It was really cool to see that. Um, and, and, and as you said to Rob, two days is a bit tedious. And yeah, the venue can't handle it. Most of the, you might find one or two venues around the world that could. Just it's hard work. It's hard. What you need to do is you need to go to one of those places in the world where it's light all day. Mm-hmm. And you start the the females off at like one in the morning, and the men off at seven in the morning. The logistical challenges of any, anything that's possible, but the logistics of it is just so oh, yeah. hard. You've yeah. just got to swap out all your um, volunteers. Just things like the aid stations, uh, it just makes it hard. The, the announcer at the end, you know, you've done announcing. Oh yeah, you, you know, when you're there at the seventeen hour mark, oh. I mean, you might get a little lift in that last hour, but probably that sort of thirteen to sixteen hours, you're like. Out on your feet. We know you sort of challenge Wanaka 
and we did all day because it was Ironman and Challenge Wanaka was they only had like 150 Ironman competitors yeah. or Iron Distance competitors and so you got past kind of 13 hours and it was like 40 minutes between athletes mm-hmm. and by the end of it, we just kind of get angry at slow people <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and then the, the challenge are lovely because they just want everyone to finish but after yeah. 17 hours I just said no tolerance for people late. <laughs> but it's because I was up at like, you, the day started for me like three in the morning yeah. and it's like one in the morning you're waiting for one person who's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, so good good on them but it was definitely a long day for a commentator. Yeah. Right, I'm just going to do, uh, well, the only other things, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I don't have a good solution for what the hell they should do. It was cool. It was quite cool having two different races spread out this year. Um, we're interested to see your interviews next week from what Rob was saying the people who are new to the experience loved it mm. which is really great that's what you want uh, it'll be interesting to see talk to some people who have maybe done it in the past as a competitor in the age group level and to see their thoughts on it yeah okay let's go to your quiz question oh so ask me first oh yep you, uh, so yeah. yeah do you think any males did from yeah, start I'm pretty time? sure Mark I mean Dave Scott did it mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he did it didn't he uh, well I'll come to, come to that my thinking was I thought Probably those guys did in that era, Mark yep. and Dave, one of them. But I also thought oh, Ferris Al Sultan might have been pretty close. Oh yeah, but um, was he that good a swimmer? He was. He was. But uh, to lead, and well, we'll come to that. And then the other one was, was um, Potts around then. Yeah, Potts was around then. Um, because probably Potts just. Missed. And then the other one I was seeing with Yarn. Yarn is is obviously won the race a number of times, and he was always right at the front. Sometimes he led the swim. I remember one year Dylan McNeese and him had a bit of a sprint finish out of That's the swim. Right. Um, Pete Jacobs was Pete Jacobs was out there. Did so he yeah. lead from start to finish? No, he didn't. So no. Yarn, um, he got second out of the swim, um, and he did lead the swim. But that was the year he got third. Okay, Ferris was second out of the water the okay, year he go. won. Pete Jacobs was fourth out of the water the year he won, and Luke Van Laird was second. But with all of those guys, I suspect. They probably didn't lead the whole bike as well. Like they yeah. might have been first out, but that somebody might have passed yep. them and come in back. Pack. So they're in a pack. Um, Mark Allen did it in 1990, and I didn't look like he um, had anybody pass him. It's kind of hard to tell from the results. And Dave Scott uh, did it in 86 and 82. But again, not sure if he actually was at the front the whole time. Probably was, knowing Dave Scott. Yeah, I think but Dave Scott did. To, to do it the way Lucy Charles done, that was just mental. Could you see it happening in the men's? No, oh, no, you maybe with like a Blumenfeld. Uh, no, no, he's not going to lead no, no, swim. No, no, I can't even see this happening in the in the men's. No, other than with Fredino, he'd managed to pull it off. Yeah, but even then, he he really was. He was in the front of the race the whole time. Yeah, somebody would have passed him on the. You just have and, to have. And, and you got to stop and say how amazing is Lucy Charles. Mm. Like when we even talked about it, we didn't maybe just spend enough time on her. Mm. What a performance. Yeah. Like you normally get someone like her might be an amazing swimmer, yep. an amazing runner, and a bit crappy on the bike. You yep. think someone like a Gwen Jorgensen, yep. she, oh, she was, but she was actually only a good, okay swimmer, just amazing runner. It's rare that you can get somebody that is really good at all three. Um, you get it in short course, you can get away with having a weaker discipline, but in long course you can't. But you know, when you, we think of all the greats, you know, like a, like Chrissy Wellington, she wasn't that good a swimmer. She was a beast on the bike in yep. the run. Miranda Carfrey was an amazing runner. Bad, Badman. Badman was shit in the swim. Yep. Michaeli Jones who won at once. She was she was a pretty good all round, but probably still not as had much of a weapon on the bike. Because um, that's where a run was so impressive. Like, if you're in the pack, there's an advantage. Mm. And she rode the fastest bike of the day. And like, she's a beast of a swimmer. Mm. But the fastest bike of the day and then had her best run ever. Mm. And she was solo. Yeah. Like, so impressive. Yeah. 
No, it was. I, I didn't think she'd do it. I, th- I thought, wouldn't wasn't surprised she was first off the bike, but I thought, you've got to have 10, over 10 minutes and then put in a good run. Yeah. And that's what she did. And yeah. so that's cool when somebody has And, and like, everyone in the world's happy for her. Mm. You, ca- you can't get fifth, yeah. six, five times a second. Yeah. You know, so... Good stuff. So it was good. Uh, swim set this morning, we did 600 warm-up, going 100 easy, 100 steady, 100 moderately hard, repeating that through again, then 475s drill, and then the main set, we did 400 with full gear on, so pull boys, paddles, etc. then four 100s hard, 50 kick, then did another 400, this time paddles only, 450s uh, fast, another 50 kick, another 400, this time with pull boy only, doing breathing every three, five, and seven strokes, 425 sprints, 50 kick, 200 warm down, I think it was about 3k. Okay, let's say thank you to our patrons. Uh, Barbie, Dinky, Dynamo, Brissole. And then also, John, you do the rest, because actually I think I might got an email I need to read. Duncan, Danger, Penfold, and Thomas is going long. If the email is from Dallin, we'll save that for next week. Okay, okay, it was from Dallin. So we'll save it for next week. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we got, oh, you did Thomas Long. Okay, so if you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. Support the boys and what we do. Go to support the show. Go through the payment process. You get a cool name. You support us in our show. If you want the show emailed to you, to the bottom of the front page as well. Also, coaching from Coach John Newsom. Go to coachjohnnewsom.com, epiccamp.com for any of his amazing camps. For anything that I do, go to bevanjamesisles.com. And for any other content, email it to iamtalk.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Jombo, how was your weekend? Did you, did, did you do the election sport double? Well, yeah, it was, it was. The elections was a bit over. I didn't. What time did you go to bed? The election night. Did you watch the election? No. Oh. No. No, my son's really into it, but we were less so. <laughs> we had it. division in the house, so we voted different ways. Oh, so. wow. Was that the first? Uh, quite possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, and it was good to have some great sport at the weekend to take your mind off oh. other shit that was going on in the world. Yep. Um, with wars in Australia, oh my god, Australia! <sighs> oh, the, the referendum, jeez, oh man. It's anyway. a, like, no, 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 Australians, we've got lots of Australians, and some will probably disagree with John and I, but like, what there was the no, hell, yeah, I don't like, really get it because uh, it, it wasn't bound to binding, it's just, it's just yeah, like mind boggling. Anyway, New Zealand's got its problem of racism, so like, don't get me wrong. Um, At least we're doing something about it. Yeah, but we are trying, aren't we? Trying. Yeah. 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 yeah Although was, it's going to be interesting now. Yeah, I was shaking my head at that. Yeah. Uh, and all the wars and shit. So it was great to have some amazing Good old rugby. Sport, sport makes us feel a bit better about <laughs> life. Tell you what, like if you're not into rugby, this weekend's rugby was maybe the best weekend of rugby oh, of all yeah. time. You had four, so we're going to quarterfinals, so semis, and they cocked up the, 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 draw, the draw of the Rugby oh. World Cup. So the best teams kind of played each other too early. Um, and so you arguably had two of the finals, two, two you potential had the semifinals finals that we ended up being quarterfinals. Basically. Yeah. And um, the four games all came down to the last minute, basically. Oh. And two of the games were arguably the greatest rugby games of all time. Mm. Like they had an all black game. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was. Like springing off the wall at the end of it. Yeah, I was on the train. I, I was riding, and I finished with the last quarter to go. Yeah, and like my neighbour would have heard a few things oh, going yeah. off during the during the ride. Oh yeah, it was good. A great sport. I've really gone off rugby, but this has reinvigorated yeah, I, my yeah, interest. Yeah, because league's kind of my thing now. But and what was really good this weekend was the the rest didn't ruin the games. It was mm. actually really entertaining. Great rugby. You Nearly ruined. Oh, uh, yeah, ours was a bit marginal. A couple the, the of Aaron Smiths. Yeah. That's a stupid rule. Wayne Barnes. <laughs> um, so you didn't even watch the election? Not really. I was sort of coming in and out, but not really. What no. did you say that night? 
what did we watch Saturday night? We've been watching Lupin, which oh, is the, on um, kind of moody guy, the, the French yep. French one on Netflix. So yeah, sort of had a passing interest in it. Yeah. Kind of yeah, you obviously right into it. No, not at all. We watched. I watched an hour. Mm. But the thing is, once the first yeah, numbers come up, get, you kind of know what's going to happen, and you weren't going to get a hundred percent certain result. No. So yeah. Yep. What else happening with you? Lots of sport, big sports weekend. Yep, mm. yep, big sports weekend. Um, no, that's it, John. Life is just ticking over. Yeah, the grind, John. The grind. That's it. Yep. No. Grind is back in Christchurch. Oh, she to live. Yeah. Why? On and off. Yeah. Still, she's still doing a bit of West Coast action, but she's a bit of West Coast action. But but you might be able to get a bit more grinding. Oh, I need because I'm not happy with my dentist because yeah. I went to a new dentist because Grind is my dentist. She left me. Yeah. She abandoned me. Yeah. And so I went to a cheap place, Garden City Dental, down um, Beely Ave. They're really cheap, so mm-hmm. I was happy with that. And the first girl I had was pretty good. The next girl just tried to upsell me. <laughs> she, and she just told me everything was wrong with my teeth and was, you need to yeah. do this, this, and that. And I was like, oh, you know. And she was booking me in for thousands of dollars. And I was like, screw you. Yeah. So grind it. Let me know where you are. Yeah. Because I need good. you to grind me and do my teeth. Nice. <laughs> right, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.